thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 25,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then, you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. If your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you'd expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you. More scheduling flexibility and at a more affordable price. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com Adulting101. That's BetterHelp.com Adulting101. If you're back in the same bedroom that you grew up in, like even if you have a really good relationship with your parents, it still gets tested with you all all underneath the same house. Do you remember any uh, any moments where that had happened for you? Yeah, I remember for me, <laughs> there was a moment. I still don't really understand what it was. I think it was just a boiling point for me where I had left like a light on or something. And I guess <laughs> I left it on all day. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Adulting 101 with Caspi Bias. I'm your host, Caspi Bias. For today's guest, I am such a personal fan of hers. I spent a lot of time right after I graduated from college on YouTube, watching her give out much-needed and relatable tips and advice. Her name is Lexi D, and she is awesome. She is a YouTuber who gives an honest perspective of what really happens after graduation on her channel where she has more than 15,000 subscribers. Tune in as Lexi D reflects on her popular Life After College Year One YouTube clip and how much her perspective has changed 10 years later. If you haven't already, check out the new Adulting 101 with Caspi Bias animated series. There, you can review a few captivating moments from each episode in animated form. Check out the show notes for a link to the series. Lexi D. Welcome to Adulting 101 with Caspi Bias. Hi, hi, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. This is so cool. Yeah. Like I, like I usually see your face like on YouTube and now it's <laughs> like you're actually talking to me, so that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's a weird feeling. Like I was, re was recognized I think twice when I was just out and about and it was very weird. I'm like... I would think only people with hundreds of thousands of followers would get recognized. So it's definitely a weird feeling. <laughs> this request came at a perfect time because it's literally, this is the month where it will officially be 10 years for me since undergrad. So it just feels like crazy to say because all those emotions are so still so vivid for me, but I'm in such a different place now. So yeah. yeah would you be able to tell, tell me a little bit more about that in our, and our listeners as well. Just in the, the 10 years post-college now, it's just been a journey of kind of 
really learning myself. And I do feel like I have more agency in my life than I did when I graduated. When I graduated, there was a lot of just worries and fears and just uncertainty about what was up ahead. And I felt like the best years of my life were behind me. So the fact that I'm still finding joy and finding excitement um, and have things to look forward to is just such a reassuring feeling that if like looking back, I would definitely um, tell myself more. <laughs> so, like it's going to get better. Like it's going to be a good time. You're going to be fine. And I know that you had mentioned this, that you don't yeah. remember like specifics. Uh, here, the biggest right? thing for me anything... was loneliness. Mm-hmm. Do you remember at this point that, that you had went through specifically that you'd be able to, able to share? I definitely, I'm an extrovert. As I become older and probably as a result of the pandemic, it's kind of pushed me in a different direction towards like enjoying my my own time. But at that time, I was very much a social person and enjoyed being around other people. And so for me, going from having an environment where I lived on campus and I lived with people who eventually would become my friends. I'm living with all these people and then I graduate and then now it's like, okay, I don't have, there's not really a transition in back to home and and to what that life was like. And so the loneliness hit me the hardest, especially because the company I was working with at that time, most of my, I want to say I was the youngest person on my team. The company was really big. So even if there were people who were around my age, I didn't really feel like I had an avenue to connect with them. Um, And so because of being in that environment, I just felt even more isolated of not having people who are my age, of not having anyone who looks like me. I think I was the only black person, let alone the only black woman on my team. So it just constantly feeling isolated and like no one could relate to me really made loneliness, I would say, the main thing that came out for me. Um, And so with that, there were a couple of my friends who didn't live too far from my hometown. And part of me was kind of like, oh, well, you know, we can just hang out on the weekends. And I was so optimistic about that. It didn't happen. And it wasn't like anyone was ill-intentioned. It's just everyone has their own life. Um, and so for me, when I hear that question, the biggest thing that stuck out for me was definitely loneliness and being able to cope with that. I had maybe brushes with even depression. I don't really know. I wasn't clinically diagnosed, but just the ways in which I would see myself show up and just the doom and gloom that those types of thoughts that I had, the hopelessness that I had, um, that was definitely probably one of the hardest parts I think about the transition from college to now adulthood, like formally adulthood, was adapting, um, adapting especially as an extrovert to now not having my social group in a way that I used to have them. So how was the adaption period for you? Like what specifically did you do in order to, uh, like you say you weren't like clinically diagnosed, but what what exactly got you through that that period of time? Like what is were there specific um, actions that you took? Yeah, so... Part of it is at one point I was like, you know what, I'm just going to take up any invitation to do anything, like to go out anywhere, like even if it's with my family and stuff who I didn't hang hang around with that much. Like my brother at the time 
was still in undergrad and he was playing baseball for um, the college that he went to. And so I would go to his games. Usually I wouldn't have any interest in going to do a baseball game. Just not my thing. Nothing against it. Just not my thing. Um, But I would go with my parents and with his girlfriend at the time. And it was just, I actually had a lot of fun. And it was just a way of getting me outside of my usual day-to-day routine. It gave me something to look forward to. It was an opportunity for me to bond with my family members. So it turned into, um, for me being kind of passive in terms of like, what was me? I don't really have anybody to hang around with to just anything that I could be, anything I was invited to, not hesitating to say yes. So the few times that, you know, and what I found was the less that I kind of focused on that and there was all of that less desperation that was happening, this probably comes as no surprise. I was getting more invitations, right? It's like that whole, I don't know exactly what the saying is, but like the less that you focus so much on something, then the more easily becomes attracted to you. And so once I found, once I found a way to just kind of relax out of that, then more things were coming to me and there was more opportunities for me to be social and to be with my friends. And part of it too was just because I didn't have as as much access to my friends as before or just things had shifted, it forced me to to spend time with myself. Mm -hmm. And so I learned how to enjoy spending time with myself and that helped a lot with that transition. That's excellent. Um, Yes, I'm always one for saying uh, spending time with yourself. I very much, very much like that uh, mm-hmm. as a, mm-hmm. as a um, But yes, as far as just not focusing on the, focusing on the main complication at hand and rather just focusing on something else, I, that's a good way to put it. I definitely would agree with that. Like, um, mm-hmm. think, about, think about it now, my whole experience as far as trying to find a position like right after college, I was very much... Um, down at the time but after I had moved back in with my parents volunteering was also something that was very helpful at that time because I kept saying like oh yeah so I want this type of job I want this type of opportunity Um, but I kept hearing a whole like oh what was it like well we would love to give you the job but you don't have a a lot of experience and I'm just like how how am I supposed to get the experience if I don't have the job? <laughs> so, exactly. um, so I, around that period of time, I was like, all right, well, let me go ahead and volunteer. I feel like that helped as far as not only being able to get the experience, but also taking a step away from like stressing out of like, oh yeah, I really want this particular job. I can't find a job. Da, da, da. It, it took my mind off of a lot of things. Those things that you can control and have like, feel like you do have some, type of agency over because a lot of like what you're saying too there there is not control over it like (laughs) being able to like get a job and stuff that's so far out of our hands and so that challenge I I will say for me I'm very fortunate that I did not have to go through that challenge so I joined this program called Inroads which I still think is Oh, you've heard of Inroads? Yes, I was actually um, a part of Inroads. Yes, the program. Oh, so then, so then you already know. Okay, so Inroads is Inroads is the program that did it for me. Like I'll tell anybody who will listen. Like they're the ones who got me the job that <laughs> that essentially set me, you know, forward. Like I that program. Then you already know, but I'll share for like for the listeners. Yeah. So 
Inroads is a program that is geared towards underserved community communities to give us access to these spaces that we may not traditionally have access to. So in my case, I studied computer science and business, so it made sense most for me to probably work in IT. But that program, they pretty much did like all the heavy lifting and all I had to do was show up and do the interview. I'm a rarity. I'm going to say this. I acknowledge this is a privilege. Before I even graduated, I had an offer. So I already knew where I was going and Lucky. how much I was no. going to be making. I, I, oh, I know. No, I know. Like, I don't know any of my other friends who were in that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I was definitely for- <laughs> fortunate about that. Yeah. Yeah. And this is where I think it was for me, things kind of split off because I was not facing that challenge, which was a very common challenge for people to face. So I graduated undergrad in 2012. And at that time, the landscape, especially for individuals who were in humanities majors, like the landscape was just not looking good, Um, which honestly is part of the reason why I went into computer science and business. Like I was very much about college for me is for me to get a job that's going to make me financially stable. So like passion or any of that I was like I can do that outside of work but for me like work is I'm going to be making money so I can support myself so that's literally all I was doing it for um but in terms of like my friends who were going through that I could see just all of the stress and the overwhelm that they were going through because naturally when you don't have not having an employment as you would expect as you've went through this so you can speak to it more than I could There's so much that comes with that of just uncertainty. And then also, if you're moving back in with your parents, even if you have great parents, like I moved back in, I didn't necessarily have to, but I just chose to for a little while. And the dynamic changes a lot because it's like you're an adult and like they're adults. And if you're back in the same bedroom that you grew up in, like even if you have a really good relationship with your parents, it still gets tested with you all all underneath the same house. Do you remember any uh, any moments where that had happened for you? Yeah, I remember for me, <laughs> there was a moment, I still don't really understand what it was. I think it was just a boiling point for me where I had left like a light on or something. And I guess <laughs> I left it on all day. And mm-hmm. I remember my mom and I started going back and forth. And I'm pretty sure it had nothing to do with the light. Yeah. I just think I had felt... At the time, I felt like she was kind of micromanaging me or just kind of always there in some way. And because I had lived on campus, I had become accustomed to not having to have that dynamic where it felt like someone was constantly on top of me. That was the point in which my dad was like, all right, so in two months, you need to be out of here. You need to be out of here. And I think it took me like two weeks. Like it was really, I was like, no, I'm going to get out of this. And <laughs> I'll do you one better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What happened? Oh, no. Oh, you're, oh, you're talking about, you're talking about, yeah. okay. Two months. <laughs> I'll do you me. one better. I thought I'll you were going to tell me a situation with your, with your parents and moving back. Yeah, right. Exactly. And it's funny because ever since I moved out, like I have such a close relationship with my parents. I talked to them at least like once every two days, like we talk, I talk to my mom probably even more than that, just very frequently. Um, but even now, if I were to go over to their place or they come over to my place, like two hour time limit, and then y'all are getting on my nerves. Like it just so living with them. Like, yeah. <laughs> like 
it would be that magnified. And me, I feel like I have quite a strong personality and sometimes my mom does too. So that all underneath one roof not was not going to be able to sustain itself long term. Not at all. That was it. Unfortunately or unfortunately, unlike some of my other friends who had stayed with their parents definitely long because they didn't really have any other option. And I'm I know that's something that, you know, we as uh, millennials get a lot of flack about of like staying at home and just like, why aren't you moved out and all of that kind of stuff. And even though that wasn't my personal experience, I would think it's more of an, it still is like probably the average experience for a millennial and all of the shame that can come wrapped up into that and just witnessing that in my friends and seeing what they were going through and the frustrations or leaving. And then like you mentioned, coming back home and the shame that comes with that too. I just really admire um, my friends being able to still kind of, to still get through that. Cause that's something that's really rough. Like I can't imagine if what I, what it would feel like if that was my only option, like our only means of survival is, I have to stay with my parents. I'd be grateful because I wouldn't be homeless, but still it's, it's doesn't mean it's easy. So. Yeah. No, you are speaking the truth. It was like, I, um, I don't, I, I can't remember any specific examples. So I'm probably, I'm probably just trying to block all of <laughs> out of my mind. Um, exactly. Uh, well, Alexi D, um, as far as any other additional points that I had here, uh, finish this sentence. The first year after college is overwhelming. Um, o- overwhelming for a lot of the reasons that we were kind of like talking throughout this conversation of just a lot of the uncertainty, the loneliness that I was mentioning, and just the overall feeling too for me of feeling like no one else really could relate to it. But granted. My story was maybe a little bit unique in the sense that I didn't open up to my friends about how I felt about it because I felt like it would appear ungrateful of me because they were struggling to become gainfully employed. Mm. I recognized that and was like, well, I'm not struggling with that. I should be happy. And if anything, it just made things, I think, worse in a certain in a sense because I didn't have any outlet and I didn't have like I mentioned there was like no one at my job or just anyone that I felt like I could connect with on that level and so there was some parts of just shame that I had around like you went to school to get a job that's exactly what you did so like you know why aren't you happy like you prioritized what you felt to be a good um a a degree that would land you a job that would pay very well so you could be financially secure. And that's happened. Why aren't you satisfied with that? And what I had to learn was that it's not, I could be satisfied and I could still be grateful for that, but I could also still be suffering with other things in my life. You know, my life is not just about financial stability. That's a huge part. That absolutely is a huge part. I think in everyone's life is being able to be financially Uh, financially secure Mm -hmm. I think it goes back to the whole like Maslow's hierarchy of needs and I would say that that part comes into like safety is like knowing that you have a way to feed yourself clothe yourself you know have housing and all of that takes money so that I certainly didn't take lightly Um, and because I had that and I didn't really see that for you know some of my friends 
it really made it hard for me to feel okay with opening up. And so it just made it feel even more overwhelming because I didn't know if what I was going through was normal. Um, I think when we have people who can relate to us, it may not ease the situation in and of itself, but just knowing that it's normal, I think also gives us hope that things will be okay because we know if someone else is going through this, then like, they're probably going to be okay. So I'm probably going to be okay too. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Excellent. Well, thank you again, Lexi D. Um, did you want to give your, uh, information? Where can, where can our yeah. listeners find you, um, learn more about you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my YouTube channel is youtube.com, um, slash Lexi Darcel. So if anyone types that in the search bar, they will find that. Um, I will say, you know, just being transparent, my content has evolved over the years. Naturally, as I've gotten older, my content has shifted more with me. So now I focus more on traveling. Like that's a really big thing for me. I also focus on relationships and dating and that kind of content. My life after college videos, I have it as a playlist. So it's still available, you know, um, yet to be seen if it's still relevant 10 years later. <laughs> I, would, oh. I would think, you know, a lot of those feelings are still there and that's not going to go away. Um, but yeah, <laughs> so that, that playlist is still there. And so I can be found on YouTube and all of my content can be found there. Yeah. Yes, definitely, definitely. Guys, her content is still relevant. Uh, (laughs) That playlist (laughs) is still relevant. Lexi D, thank you so much for coming on to Adulting 101 with Caspi Bias. And as always, audience, thank you for listening. I'd like to hear from you all as we continue with season three. What do you want to chat about? Who do you want me to bring onto the show? Feel free to reach out at caspielbias at gmail.com. Adulting 101 with Caspi Bias is a production of C Bias Productions, LLC. For more episodes of Adulting 101 with Caspi Bias, visit Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.